0: Welcome to Who Wrote That Up For You, a daily podcast that shines a light on the American justice system and its role in empowering the powerful to take from you. The justice system is the only branch of your government where an individual, rather than the collective, can make the system act for you. It puts power in the individual's hands, but it's broken and being used against you at a time when you need it most.
1: And welcome to Who Wrote That Up For You. I am Sonia Ebran, co-founder at Courtroom 5.
0: And I am Deborah Sloan, the other co-founder at Courtroom
1: 5 got a fantastic show lined up for you today. In a few moments, we will hear from Ty Brown. Ty is the CEO of ZAF Legal. It's a personal injury law firm with a twist. ZAF stands for zero attorney fees. And so we'll be very excited to hear more about that model. Before we get there, Deborah, what's on your mind?
0: I want to talk a little bit about the aftermath of uh, Roe versus Wade. Last year was really confusing. It was disappointing. And we wondered what would what would happen. And we've had some wonderful surprises like uh, Kansas and recently, uh, hopefully like Ohio, opponents of abortion at that time were were very happy about uh, Roe versus Wade being uh, overturned. But there are a number of of, uh, states that are moving in the direction of codifying their right to abortions. And I'm really glad to hear about that. Uh, there are some other states that are coming up that are where whereby the legislatures are trying to say, just as they did in Ohio, are trying to make it more difficult to change the law and to codify the abortion rights in the constitution. And people are pushing back on that. And I just really like that uh, people are not just falling back and saying, "Okay, well, you know, there's there's no right to an abortion until." the Supreme Court gets better. So I like the direction that uh, most things are going
1: right now. That's interesting. And you mentioned Kansas there. I am uh, remembering the free state of Kansas, mm-hmm. you know, the um, yeah. the basis for their decision on this issue, as I recall, was that Kansas has in a provision in their constitution. I think they're unique here that uh, guarantees the right to bodily autonomy. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's such a simple concept. I mean, who would question that? But it seems like a lot (laughs) of people are. Right. But that was the basis of the um, the issue. That was the premise of the issue uh, in Kansas and the legislature, as you indicated, trying to overturn that Supreme Court ruling and constitutional right there in Kansas. And so I would love to see that um, concept spread. That would sort of end the issue decisively, in my opinion, if it did. Ultimately, though, you know, it's about Uh, democracy and the right of people to participate as free citizens here, as free people here, which is what we're supposed to be about. Uh, So yeah, let's let's hope that uh, change continues to be made. Fantastic. Well, at courtroom five, we believe the courts belong to the people, in particular to the people who use them. And we, the people, are coming to claim our courts. Uh, So if you are in court without a lawyer or you need to sue someone and can't find a lawyer to represent you get yourself over to courtroom5.com. Give us a try, and we hope to provide some relief for you there. At this time, it's my pleasure uh, to welcome onto the show Ty Brown. Ty, again, is the CEO at ZAF Legal, that's Z-A-F for zero attorney fees. And Ty, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us.
2: Sonia, thanks so much. Deborah, also uh, good to be with you today, and thanks for having me.
1: Fantastic. So let me uh, get a, a sense of your background, Ty. How did you get to uh, running a personal injury law firm with zero attorney fees?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of an attorneypreneur. I grew up in a household where my father was an attorney, personal injury lawyer, and I always wanted to, to do that. I, it just has always appealed to me. And so I kind of followed that natural course. I went through school knowing I would eventually go to law school. Decided to do business school in, the under, in my undergrad because is uh, you know a parallel interest of mine, and I secretly hoped that one day I might be able to run the firm that my dad had um, had built. And um, and then sure enough, after law school, I joined the firm. In fact, I joined the firm as a clerk before law school actually, and was a runner and, and just started getting familiar with a little bit of our justice system, at least in the small context of civil personal injury cases, which is a kind of a fun part of our justice system because that's where the people interact with court, interact with the, with the justice system a lot. People are getting injured, Accidents happen. There's not a ton of rhyme or reason. Demographically, it's very, very diverse. Accidents aren't really a respecter of any kind of persons, <laughs> and so it's it's a fun place where the people and the law intersect frequently, and uh, and that's where I cut my teeth doing these kinds of cases. Uh, these are I was only representing injured people. I didn't do any insurance work. I, I still haven't, but it's been really an honor to get to know people uh, who are in a time of need and work their cases alongside of them. And the truth is this traditional tr- uh, traditional personal injury practice, it's not all bad. And a lot of people think I'm just a huge critic of the current status quo, which is basically, hey, you get a lawyer on your case and um, you don't pay anything up front, but at the end, you're coughing up a third of the gross settlement to your attorney to pay for their work on the case. I'm not a huge critic of that. In some ways, there are, there are some really nice things about that because anyone could afford the very best lawyer. But there are still some downsides that the legal community, lawyers in particular, have kind of turned a blind eye to for a lot of years. That fee isn't always reasonable. Uh, A lawyer doesn't always add value to a case. And, um, you know, 98% of these cases are settling long before a a complaint gets filed in court. And in that claims process, how how much value does a lawyer add? Well, in some cases, a lot. And in a lot of cases, none. And so... The other big problem, and I'm this is like such a rambly answer, Sonia. I should just probably stop.
1: <laughs> don't, don't don't. fantastic. No. I mean, we we understand some of the issues uh, with the model. In fact, courtroom five serves people who, for one reason or another, aren't able to be represented on their personal injury yeah. uh, claims. So there's some some calculations. I mean, uh, that, that go into this contingency model, right? Not everyone can walk into a law firm injured and say, hey, can you represent me and I'll pay you your third at the end. So to talk talk a bit about, about those problems as well.
2: Yeah, there are plenty of cases lawyers don't want to touch because there's not enough economic incentive. Um, the case is too small, but a few thousand bucks could be a really big deal to that injured person. And so the lawyer says, I'm not going to work a case because this is going to be less than $10,000 when all is said and done, well, that person, that, that still could be a life-changing deal. And and for someone who's, you know, because of their injuries, missing work, they've got medical bills piling up. Uh, maybe they need some extra child care or something because they can't do their household duties. Like, a few thousand dollars can make a lot of difference. So we wanted to build something that could be used by people whose cases are not being picked up by law firms because they're not big enough. Um, we also wanted a tool that could be used by people who have cases that are very straightforward. Maybe they're large even, but they're very straightforward. They're not likely to be subject to dispute. So why pay an attorney a third if you can get the same result without paying a third? And um, so we started you know, on our quest to build a, a technology platform that could facilitate that. Um, one of the other kind of public policy points to point out is <laughs> there's a pretty strong stigma uh, about personal injury lawyers generally, and sometimes it might be deserved, but I think that stigma in large part could be born from a realization that a personal injury lawyer's economic prosperity is tied to the nature and extent of their client's suffering. And so it has always felt a little icky for me to have an economic incentive to see my clients badly hurt and with a future prognosis that's very poor. That's when I profit the most. And that's, a that's, ugh. That's a, no one likes how that feels. And if any lawyer is honest with with him or herself, they'll also acknowledge that. And so we had started, well, my dad started, it was actually before I was born, I think, charitable foundation out of this firm that, uh, that it's called LEAP. It's Lawyer's Endowment for Accident Prevention. It's basically we donate a percentage of our attorney's fees to safety projects that prevent accidents, even though that goes against our economic interest. It's more important, right? But with our ZAF models, we're seeing that we're actually able to kind of avoid this icky economic interest issue uh, in, in a large part. And, and we're trying to make it so our economic incentive eventually becomes accident prevention. The more accidents we prevent, the more profit we make. And uh, we do have a way of accomplishing this, but it's a, it's a long road to get there.
1: I can understand that. So tell us more about the model. How is ZAF different from the traditional model?
2: ZAF is built for DIYers. Uh, It's a way for you to know how to present your case to an insurance company and be treated fairly without hiring a lawyer to assemble your case for you. Um, It also connects you with some free legal advice from, well, the whole process is an AI. It's an AI-driven system. Um, It's just a chat with an AI that's been trained. It's actually six different AIs that have been uh, coordinated into one. But the AI guides you through the insurance claims process. It's much, much more reliable than doing it through, say, the Geico app. You know, if you have an adjuster that says, "Hey, just upload your bills to the Geico app. We'll take care of you," you know, that is that is not designed to show them the strengths of your case. So anyway, it's a way to just uh, for a DIYer to feature all the strengths of their case. And on the back end, we have a team of lawyers who are reviewing things. And there are certain services we just provide just flat out for free with no economic interest whatsoever. We will talk to someone about their case at any time that they want. And um, we'll also review their release before they sign anything and settle anything just for free. And the hope is that as we comb through all of these people who are using this resource, we will find the cases where having a lawyer legitimately makes a major difference in what that person can net. Um, On their own, they just won't be able to get what's fair. And so, on those cases, we go ahead and sign them on a reduced contingency fee basis, kind of like the traditional model, but a, but a smaller fee. And um, they can continue to do some of the heavy lifting uh, as they interact with the software, but we can get in and actually negotiate the case and file a lawsuit if they're not treated fair. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. And so, if the um, the user, uh, the injured party, can do it all themselves and get a fair settlement from the uh, insurance company, then you're out of it. They're often, you know, off into the sunset and, and job well done. Uh, but in those cases where there's not a fair settlement uh, in the offing, you then operate like a traditional law firm, but with reduced attorney fees. Is that is that the gist of it? Fantastic fantastic what is the reduction i know uh, most traditional firms want maybe a third of the ultimate award plus any expenses they have is that
2: right yeah yep that's right and a lot of a lot of law firms are charging more than a third and it's very common to see rates anywhere from 33% up to 40% anywhere in there is pretty common So with ZAF, we have a minimum of a 10% reduction. In some states where we have to associate other counsel, it's hard for us to reduce more than that because we have to pay those lawyers more. Um, But if it's a case that we're licensed to handle in-house, like in Utah or in Arizona, um, we can give more than than a 10% reduction.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. And so you are available nationally. Is that correct? Or are there specific states you're
2: operating in? Yeah, not, not currently, actually. In fact, ZAF as a whole has, um, has encountered a lot of regulatory headwinds from its inception. And um, we're currently going through basically our last compliance check before releasing to the public. So if someone wants to use ZAF right now today, well, they need to wait probably 30 days before they can actually do it. Uh, it exists and it's working uh, with just regulatory headwinds over here.
1: Let's talk about that because you're not certainly, you know, you're not unique uh, in running into those headwinds. A lot of that comes from uh, opposition from traditional law firms, right, from the uh, personal injury bar, most likely. What is their opposition to your model?
2: It's interesting. There's, a, there's kind of a public opposition, and then there's the true opposition. <laughs> so um, the public narrative that is being pushed is that there's a tremendous risk for consumer harm. Who's going to make sure that the people using this platform aren't getting bad results? And who's going to be able to tell if they're getting bad results? And then the other, the, 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 the reality, you know, all these consumer harm concerns are really thinly veiled concerns about fears of competition. We have an unusual house of cards that's been built where everyone in the industry charges basically the same the same service. There's been no room for innovation. And it's actually been blocked by, ironically, rules of ethics. There's no way to get outside capital infused into a law firm because non-lawyers can't own a law firm in America. Not allowed. We can't enter creative partnerships with insurers to provide a legal benefit to their members because we are not allowed to fee share with non-lawyers. And so we have all of these rules of ethics that are actually, they're just trying to erect as tall walls as possible around the people who've dubbed themselves legal knights. And uh, the weakest warriors want the tallest walls, and that's what we're fighting. That's interesting. And you are
1: a venture-backed tech startup, is that correct? How do you get around that as a law firm, Ben? How do you get around that that ethical uh, rule?
2: We received an authorization from the Utah Supreme Court through their legal sandbox. It's just a pilot program for innovation. They're trying to encourage legal innovation. They want to see the practice of law catch up to all these other industries that are white years ahead of us in progress. And um, so, yeah, we applied to the sandbox. We were approved uh, to take on some non-lawyer partners, get some venture backing, develop our technologies. uh, And that's supported the development of these technologies for almost three years now without ever being able to actually release it because we've been attacked just on all sides in a lot of different ways. So, Does that venture backing limit your
1: uh, ability to, to offer services outside of Utah?
2: Yes and no. Um, It has historically that's been a deal breaker. We can't operate. We can't. We're not licensed to practice law in other jurisdictions because we have non-lawyer owners. However, um, we've been lobbying really hard in every state. Uh, We've been meeting. We've met with now justices from I think 48 of the 50 states, plus some of the territories of the U.S. So we've met with supreme with the chiefs of all these states. Legal innovation is coming. It's a wave. We're pushing hard. We have a strong government relations team. So we we see doors opening, but in the meantime, the ABA has written an ethics opinion saying ABS's, which is non-lawyer-owned law firms in Utah basically, or Arizona, they are now allowed to fee share with traditional law firms. So we could offer our service as a technology service provider, get a case, we find one that where someone says, you know what, I really do need a lawyer, I need to turn this over right away, it's not going well. We can farm that case out to a local law firm and enter a fee sharing agreement with them now, and that's just recent.
1: Yeah, fantastic. So you mentioned Arizona, where they do allow these uh, alternative business structures for uh, or ABSs for um, for law firms. Are you operating there as well?
2: We have a uh, we plan to yes. Our our application has not been approved yet. Uh, we're in process and um, i'm you know i'm applying to be licensed in arizona myself and that hasn't also that's also not complete yet waiting on approval but it's it's an attractive option there are a lot of differences between arizona and utah arizona's approach is truly um it's truly kind of a just a market-based approach where there's basically no regulation it's just an approval process where they vet the actors coming in and if you can pass the scrutiny of that initial vetting you're good The Utah sandbox, there's ongoing audits, root reports. It's it's pretty intrusive, actually. Um, But they also allow for a lot more innovation. And they didn't just change one or two rules. It's like, hey, you just tell us what you want to do, and we'll create a system where you can do it. So. Fantastic. That's fantastic.
1: So I know that you are also an affiliate member of the Justice Technology Association. That's a, a group of um, uh, direct-to-consumer legal tech offerings. And so that's certainly something that you all offer. What's been your experience with JTA
2: very supportive group, a lot of smart people who've been through a lot of the challenges that we're experiencing as a new company. It's It's been extremely helpful. And I'd encourage other people and entrepreneurs who are looking at legal tech as a space. Uh, it's very helpful to have some mentors in the space. And that's what JTA has been.
1: That's fantastic. Fantastic. You mentioned a term I, I hadn't heard before early on, uh, attorneypreneur. Have you run into you know other attorneys who have an entrepreneurial bent uh, the way you do?
2: Uh, a couple. Yeah, a couple. Not a lot. <laughs> Most of them, you know, there, there are a few like me that I know of who started out in traditional practice of law and then kind of saw opportunity and, and, and were kind of unsatisfied with the way we're serving our, our customers and wanted to improve that. There are, there are a handful of those. There are more, though, who are licensed lawyers who very quickly abandoned the practice of law, went into business, and now they're circling back there's a lot more of those.
1: Yeah. It's interesting to me because, you know, lawyers, my understanding, I'm not a lawyer, obviously, but my understanding is that lawyers are generally risk averse.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah, that is such a good point. That's a huge. Yes.
1: <laughs> and entrepreneurs are quite the opposite. We're all about risk. And so it seems to be, you know, to occupy both of those mindsets in the same brain would be very, very difficult.
2: Oh, no, you're so right about that. And that's been a real challenge here because, um, all of my partners are much older. I'm, I'm by far the youngest lawyer in the firm. And when we set out to do this, it was kind of like, I think we're I think we going to need Ty to do this because, actually, just because I, I seem to be the most risk tolerant of yeah. the group. But every step of the way, it's just, oh, everyone's just bracing and stressing. and <laughs> It's been really hard to battle that uh, internally. I can
1: well imagine. I'm really glad to, to see some innovation in the personal injury space, though. I think there's lots uh, to be done, lots of people to serve uh, who aren't currently being served. And so congrats on your progress there. Uh, let me share your uh, website. Uh, Ty, it's ZAF Legal at zafflegal.com Z-A-F for zero attorney fees, um, legal.com. Where else can people find
2: you online? My favorite way to connect with people online, I'd love to make some personal connections with those who have an interest in the space. Find me on LinkedIn, send a friend request, and, and I'll respond right away. Um, I'm also uh, happy to provide my email address if anyone would prefer that. It's t at So reach out to me. directly. That'd be my preference.
1: That's awesome. Fantastic. Ty, thank you so much for joining us on Who Wrote That Up For You. We'll stay in touch and track your progress. Really appreciate right. the work you're Keep doing. Keep up the good work, both of you. You bet. Fantastic. Fantastic. I have to um, uh, just applaud attorneypreneurs uh, again for just trying to c- encapsulate all of that in in, in one person. It's fantastic. Fantastic to see those sorts of efforts. All right, Deborah, what do you have for us today?
0: Okay, today's quiz... Which of the following is not a burden of proof standard? Is it proof beyond a reasonable doubt? Clear and convincing evidence? Nothing but the truth, so help you God. Preponderance of the evidence. And you know that one, Sonia. Sometimes you claim not to know them, but you know that one. Okay, so which of the following is not a burden of proof standard? Nothing but the truth, so help you God. You knew that one, right? Uh Yeah. Okay. And that's it for today.
1: I don't know that I know that that I knew that at all. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) but good to be reminded of what the, the standards are. That's fantastic. All right. That's all we have for you today. Thanks everyone for joining us and we'll see you next time.
0: Are you feeling beleaguered, angry or afraid? As if things are spinning out of control and you're powerless to stop them, it's easy to just let things slide and hope they don't get worse. But they often do get worse. The thing is, you're not powerless. Our courts belong to us. And their purpose is to give power to the powerless. Don't let your grievances pile up without redressing them. You can handle this in court. Or if someone takes you to court, you can take them to school.